Hey, everybody. First thing, let's do this. Would you join me in prayer? Would you ask the Lord to speak to you right where you are today? Would you ask him to do something really unique in this moment? Join me in prayer. Father in heaven, we're just so thankful to, to meet again this morning. And Lord, we ask that as we open up your word, uh, Lord, that it would illuminate our life once again. Uh, God, that it would be uh, that lamp to our feet that would guide every one of our steps along the way. Lord, I pray that you would meet us right where we are, each person all over the city and beyond, all over this nation that's tuning in today, God, that you would meet them right where they are. And Lord, you would speak way beyond uh, me as a person, way beyond my words. And uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, this would be alive and that it would produce something uh, that only you could produce. Lord, that it would change lives uh, beyond even the people that are listening today. God, would you do a work today? on Mother's Day. And again, we say thanks for mothers as well. Um, thank you so much for what you're doing in these days, and we're excited to see all that you do coming soon. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey guys, speaking of coming soon, we got a lot coming up soon. I um, want to give you a little bit of update before we step in. Um, as you know, we usually meet at West Hills Elementary School, and uh, due to some of the precautions uh, we still are on a hold. We don't really know what it looks like for the school to open up their doors for the church to enter back in. So would you, would you just give us a minute? Uh, we're going to continue to have open communication with you with as much as we know. And that's pretty much what we know at this moment. But here's what I want to encourage you. Instead of meeting as a large gathering at the school, I want to encourage you, uh, would you step into maybe a life group? Below, you're going to see a, a link uh, to our website. You can connect with us there, and it's going to give you all the information that you need to connect with the community in these days. And we want to gather still as a community of believers and walk these days out together. Don't walk by yourself. We want to encourage you to step into a group. We have those meeting all over the city, and we're beginning to meet again in home. So would you join us in a life group and then walk with other people in this season? This is such a vital time, and I want to encourage you. Others need you, and you need others. So uh, step into a life group and experience all that God is doing in and through our life groups. And I just believe in the days ahead that God's going to do something really, really special. In the midst of also not understanding everything that's coming up and having a lot more unknowns than knowns, uh, we as a team have been talking, and we decided, uh, what does it look like to proceed in the days ahead? Uh, TC actually looked up and said, hey, man, we've been, uh, we've been talking about pray first. And it kind of resonated, and we thought, you know what? That's exactly what we need to do. When everybody's got some angst about we need to get going, we need to get going, we need to get going, we want to say, hold on one second. What does God want to do in this season, and what does he want to teach us? So we want to do this. After this week coming up, we want to start another 21 days of prayer and fasting together. For some of you, that was a great experience of awakening and a fresh sense from the Lord uh, that he was going to do something special in this year. I heard from many of you guys to tell me that. And I believe that that is coming true. We want to step in and begin asking God, God, what do you want to do with the church in the, in the days coming? Uh, give us your vision for America and beyond. We just want to do what you want to do. And so would you join us for 21 days of prayer and fasting um, starting next Sunday? One of the ways or the way that you can step in and be involved in this is if you want to begin uh, uh, text in 
this number. If you can text 21 days to 57838, and you're gonna see that at the bottom of your screen as well. Text in 21 days to that number, and you're gonna be getting, getting daily updates of each day, um, our 21-day journey together. And uh, we're gonna be walking through the Word, and the, the particular passage that we're walking together as a church is Acts 2. We wanna discover what was the early church devoted to? What did they devote their entire lives to? And then what does it look like to walk that journey out today, filled with the presence of God and seeing the movement of God? I believe that there is nothing that can hinder the presence of God and the movement of His Spirit. So we wanna invite Him to simply move through us in these days. But we need Him. And uh, I, I believe that he will meet us right where we are. I believe that's actually what he wants to do. So join us in that journey. And if you'd like to join us, text in, and uh, we'll send you more information on the daily of how to get more involved in that. Hey, if you've got your Bibles today, I want to invite you into maybe a, I'm going to transition from the idea of beautiful and into a, a, another idea. It's John, John chapter 14 first. Uh, but before we step into that, I want to encourage all the mothers out there. I want to say welcome. We love you, Mom. Uh, hey, if you're sitting there now, we usually have an encouragement time, a text encouragement time. Um, would you text uh, maybe a mother uh, in your life that has meant something to you? Maybe it's your mom or maybe it's another mom. Uh, text a mom that means something to you. Give a word of encouragement. Man, this week has been a word of encouragement to me. Uh, I got some letters from a seventh grade class at one of the middle schools that I spoke at, and it ministered to my soul, and it just reminded me the power of encouragement. Let's be an encourager in these days to maybe moms. Moms, you might not hear it all the time, but I promise you, we're so thankful for you and so, so thankful for all that you do and how you give your life away uh, for your kids. And uh, we just say thanks. Thanks, mom. We love you. Um, if you're a mother today, I believe that this word is going to be an encouragement to your soul, but not just to moms. I believe it's going to uh, actually speak to many, many more. I was, I was watching the documentary. I don't know if you guys have seen it, The Last Dance. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you. It's a, it's a, really, it's a really cool documentary. It's a 30 for 30 documentary on uh, the rise and fall of the bulls. And in this documentary, uh, it came out Sunday, uh, episode 6. And in episode six, uh, it's Michael Jordan, and he's getting to the height of his career. Uh, he's actually made moves. He's done some really big things. And it opens up this scene, and he's sitting before a camera, and you could tell that he's very serious about this moment. And in this moment, he says, a lot of people uh, want to know what it's like to be Michael Jordan for a day. People want to be me for a week. But he says, I want... I want somebody to step into my shoes for a year. You wouldn't want to be Michael Jordan. You think about how in the world could a guy like that get to a space where he thought nobody really wanted to be me. And in fact, he in that moment probably didn't want to be him because of all the pressure that he was experiencing. His present circumstance was heavy. And I believe as this series kind of has progressed, he started off this young, vibrant, excited, uh, so excited to, to defeat the next foe, to get the next win. And eventually he, he got pretty far in the winning category. In fact, he won so much, there wasn't much more to win. In fact, it was only to maintain the place that he actually had already got to. And the pressure of maintaining 
where he had achieved had begun to get so heavy, he began to feel a lot of that pressure of his present. I don't know about you, but when I, when I listened to that, I started thinking, man, like, I've gotten to that place before. I felt like my present has gotten so heavy. <laughs> Nobody saw behind the scenes. They might have seen my victories in my life, but they didn't see what it took to get to the victory. They didn't see the behind-the-scenes pressure that it was to sit in my present. That's exactly where Michael was, and maybe that's where you are, feeling like the present circumstance of your life is pretty heavy. It's hard. And if only people knew what you were walking through, they wouldn't really want to be in your seat. That's exactly where Michael Jordan got to. But his focus was on the present. And sometimes my focus on my present today looks like also my focus on what's coming for the present tomorrow. And really it's this idea that I'm so focused on my destination and where I've headed. I think Jesus' disciples actually understood this, maybe a little bit intimate. Maybe you'll understand this in, in John chapter 14. Jesus says something like this. He says, I will come again and I will take you to myself and where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I'm going. And then verse 5, Thomas said to him, he said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And then Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. What was Jesus saying to his disciples? See, Jesus was saying, listen, you know the way to where I am. You know where I am. The subject of his sentence is, I am. You know where I am. And Thomas looks and goes, I don't know where you're going. He breaks that sentence up and he has a new subject to the sentence. The subject is not Jesus, it's the destination. Thomas wants to know, where are we going? It's not about you, Jesus. It's about where we're going and I don't know how to get there. Why don't you just tell us how to get there? They were more concerned about the present than the presence of Jesus. I get there sometimes. And the moments I get to the place where I'm more concerned about my present and where I'm headed than the presence of Jesus, that's when my life begins to get out of balance and I start feeling the weight of the world. We were not meant to carry our present circumstance, my friend. We were meant to live inside the presence of Jesus today. You were meant to live inside the presence of Jesus today. Doubting Thomas was meant to live in the presence of Jesus. But he was too focused on his present to really enjoy the presence. I read a story of a, of a mother, and you might, you might really understand this, moms. Sometimes a, the present circumstance of a mom feels maddening. Me and Shannon, my wife, actually talked about this the other night. It just... Sometimes it just feels like there's too much to handle. And I read this story about a mom who talked about how uh, having children was like discovering kind of that she was this Jekyll and Hyde. She described her life as uh, Dr. Jekyll in the sense that when she had a child, there was something that birthed within her, something that wasn't there before. She had a deep love for somebody else uh, other than herself, that she had never had a deep, deep love. She cared more for somebody else than herself. She gave up her life. She thought about them more. And this was something that came with, with having children, being a mother. 
Dr. Jekyll was a really, really special person. But along with Dr. Jekyll came a Mr. Hyde. And she told this story about how she took her kids. She had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. If you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. And they went to the grocery store. And in the grocery store, there was this, there was this uh, she had the list of to-do. I have to get this done. And as she's going through the grocery store, she's picking things. She's putting them in her grocery cart. And all along the way, her two-year-old is pulling things off the shelf. And she looks back and realizes what her two-year-old has done. And about that time, her one-year-old starts to cry. And then she realizes what's going on. So she tries to begin picking things up all the while while her, her oldest is putting things in the cart. Chaos ensues. They finish the grocery trip. Some of y'all are thinking, I've been there, I understand. They finish their grocery trip. They get home and mom's trying to unload the groceries and she drops them on the floor. All the while, the one-year-old is crying and the oldest is trying to put things away in the wrong places. And before you know it, there's, there's this thing that begins to rise, this fever, this heat, you know what I'm saying? And Mr. Hyde begins to come out, and it's this thing that you never thought was there. And the people that you love the most, you end up hurting the worst. How does this happen? But the truth that she writes is so powerful. She says this. She says, but just when you think that you've got God figured out, he goes outside of the lines. He meets you in the hundred different kind of ways, in ways you never expected. And he does something amazing by telling you that he loves you even with that hide creature living inside of you. God is interested in redeeming that creature and changing it. If you're honest, you can say that Hyde lives in you. I know that Hyde lives in me. But the good news is that Jekyll lives there too. And I celebrate that person who is becoming like God more and more. You see, God is doing something so beautiful in the midst of having children. You're discovering what a deeper kind of love really looks like. But I never want to get stuck thinking that in my present circumstance is my focus. So when I need to go get groceries, it's all about going to get groceries. It's all about finishing the task in an efficient manner in order to make it to the next task the next present moment. And in the next present moment, to be as efficient as possible by putting the groceries away and there's nothing muddy around. There's no problems that happen. And everything happens in a way in which it's very controlled and organized. But this isn't the real world. But it is the standard that's set before many of us. Perfection. Do it this way, get this result. Don't do it this way, Get this result. And so the pressure to do all of these things perfectly is beginning to amount because there's so much information out there telling you how to do it. But the truth is that our present, if we look back to our story, our present was never meant to be our focus. Our, our focus as believers was meant to be on the presence, not the present. Finish with this. What is this all? Sum it up for me, Jay. John 17, 6 has been this passage I've been walking through, and it's just been speaking to me a little bit lately. 
But it's near the end of Jesus' life, and he prays uh, for his followers. But he doesn't just pray for the, his followers. He's actually, uh, if, you, if you look at it, you can read it yourself, but in, in John chapter 17, he actually says, I'm not just praying for these people. I'm praying for the ones who will believe their message. He actually says a prayer for me and you. Did you know that? And in, in verse 6 of chapter 17, Jesus prays and he says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me. Then he finishes this prayer in verse 26, and he says, I made known to them your name. Remember, he's praying this. And I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. What is he saying? Jesus is saying, literally my mission, my purpose in life was to be the very picture of God's presence. Jesus never focused really on his present like anyone ever thought he would. He was always focused on the presence of God. And when he focused on the presence of God, it gave him a proper perspective in his present. This is the life you and I were meant to live. But we can't do it in our own power. Are you aware of your mistakes and your misses? This is what he's saying. I'm going to continue to reveal it to them. And remember, he isn't just praying for those sitting there listening to them that day. It says, I pray for those who will believe. That is you as well. But what is the thing uh, that we must remember in this passage is that the very picture of God's presence is found in the person of Jesus. And the person of Jesus is saying, I'm going to continue to work that they might know this, that they might know the love that you have for me, God. This is Jesus talking. And he's saying, the love that God Almighty has for me, this perfect kind of love that I've earned because I did it perfectly, this love that you've given to me, I'm giving it to them that they might understand your presence and receive it. And when you receive the presence of God and, the, and His love over your life, then it gives you a proper perspective in your present. And it transforms the way you see everything. Not only does he wish to give you his love, but he says, as you receive his love, then you also may be, that I also, my presence might be in them. So here's the full concept. And here's the thing that is just absolutely mind-blowing. That Jesus has loved you so much that he continues the process today. Have you made mistakes? Have you missed the mark? There is nobody who has loved you like Jesus has and continued day after day, consistently, moment by moment, every one of those present circumstances where you've missed His, His, uh, His presence. He's been there all along, speaking to you, getting your attention, speaking this life over you that I have loved you even there. And in the moments of miss, I was on the cross and I bore it there and I said, I love you. I'm doing this for you. And I want to reveal God's character and grace to you today. There's truly no one who loves you like Jesus. And today, if you're searching for that in any other place, you will come up missing the mark, searching again and again and again. 
have a special uh, treat for you guys, and I, I, I pray that this song ministers to your soul as you listen. But as you listen to this song, uh, would you receive this verse of your life? Maybe turn it open and read it as you think about uh, the fact that God has consistently loved you through the person of Jesus. That love was revealed on the cross, and it continues today through every circumstance you walk through. His presence is with you. His presence is available to you. His presence is a reminder that I have loved you so much to the end, never ending, forever it is finished and accomplished. No one will love you, can love you, will love you like Jesus. He loves you, my friend, and he prayed this over you. Here's the song. my heart could tell a story If my life would sing a song If I have a testimony If I have anything at all No still 
is this journey that we discover uh, his presence is where our joy is found. He is truly that source of joy, of hope, of peace. It's found in the person of Jesus, in his presence, which transforms our present. 